Welcome to Punchboard Paradise, coming to you from the heartland of America in Omaha, Nebraska, where we discuss the world of tabletop gaming, the topics that affect the board game community, and give honest and fair reviews to the industry's hottest games. In episode 58, the Punchboarders talk about some recent plays, we review Scythe, and do a draft of upgraded components. Hey, everybody, I'm Clef. Hey, I'm Chad. No, I'm Richie. Guys. Yes. Right now, we would be at Origins in another another dimension. That's depressing. Yeah. 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 Very depressing. Instead, I've been digging a hole in my backyard (laughs) for a week. And I've been cleaning out my garage for the past like five days. I would have switched you. If you would have let me know that you were doing that, I would have made up some excuse to get out of the the digging. (laughs) So you could come over and help me? Absolutely terrible. Oh, well, okay. I I I wasn't doing anything like that. I was working a lot, but I wasn't, I wasn't doing that. Well, I had the vacation from, you know, taken already. And so I figured, well, I might as well, you know, help out and do something around the house with my wife. Yeah, that was a mistake. Whoops. Yeah. <laughs> you, you earned some good karma. So yeah, I good. suppose. I suppose. So has anyone gotten to play any games? I I got to play a few. Richie, I know you didn't. Play. I did not. The last game I played was our, our game aside last week. Oh, so. okay. So we might have to turn this into recent acquisitions. For yeah, you. I think that's what it's going to be because yeah, it just owes me a lot. I, yeah, I'll get to that when I get to my my acquisitions. But yeah, what what have you been playing, Jeff? Uh, I recently got in a couple plays of Undaunted Normandy from Osprey Games and Trevor Benjamin and David Thompson. Okay, <laughs> have you heard of this one at all, Clef? <laughs> I mean, I've heard of Normandy. Okay, good. I, I have heard of this one, and I was actually very interested. It's a two-player game, right? Yep, yep. it is strictly two-player. A war game, correct? It is kind of a war game with a deck builder. So, Clef, you you know, you know, can probably Take see yourself out. Yep. All right. But, Richie, since you were asking, it's actually, it reminds me a lot of War Chest, but instead okay. of bag building, you're deck building, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you have a board, uh, and these are scenarios that are laid out. So you have tiles, actually, and you lay out the board. And the whole thing is in a booklet that's a campaign so like it's it's like you're working through the campaign and one side is the germans and the other side is the uh the allied forces the americans and actually uh i've heard i think it's david thompson his great or his grandfather was involved in 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 normandy and so he wanted to do this as a tribute to him kind of but you have it's kind of a a market deck builder where you have you know decks of cards you have a stack of riflemen or whatever's in the scenario a stack of riflemen a stack of scouts and different things and you're moving tokens around the board and going to encampments and each side has a different objective like for instance the last one i played the american or allied forces had to take over one of the tiles that was on the german front side basically and the the Germans had to pin down the American forces by taking out all their riflemen. You're playing like a normal deck builder. It's it's interesting because the scouts have to kind of scout the board and then you can move onto those spaces that the scouts uh, move to. And they can also help thin your deck. So there's a, there's a fog of war card that you have to take into your hand or, or into your deck, excuse me, when you scout. And so the more you scout, the more you're taking on these fog of war cards that clog up your deck too so you're trying to kind of manage that but the interesting thing is that when you attack you roll dice okay and based on what you're attacking with whether it's like a machine gunner or a rifleman or a scout that determines how much attack you have or how many times you get to roll the dice basically and they're 10-sided die and each 
tile that those those units can be on, they have a defense on them, and then the units also have their own kind of defense. So you add that together, and then how many tiles away your target is is added onto that. So then you're rolling the ten sided die to see if you can if you can hit. If you get a zero or a ten, essentially. It is an automatic hit no matter what. I, I liked the scenarios. I liked what it was trying to do. I liked how you're not always playing with the same deck of cards because you're um, you're you're setting up tiles and setting up different scenarios each time that kind of change things up a little bit. But man, I, I gotta say, I didn't I heard a lot of positive things about this and I was really I've only had two plays, but I was really disappointed by the die rolls. I didn't think they would make as much of a difference as they do. But every time you attack, for instance, you, I mean, you're rolling a die and you can get completely shafted or completely lucky. Hmm. And yes, the game is quick, so you get to play it over, but it just, it dissipates every other strategic decision you felt like you were making up until that point. So yeah, the game's not long, but it just, it, it undoes a lot of the stuff that you felt like you were doing that was smart, I feel like. There's really no way to mitigate it. With the die rolls, not that I have found yet. Again, I've only played like two scenarios yeah. and and they're at the beginning. So it maybe it gets more complex and but as a first couple of plays, I felt like, ooh, yeah, that that really burned me actually. Hmm. That's a shame because it, it looks like as far as the art goes, I really like the art in the game. It looks very beautiful. Oh, yeah. The production, I will say, is awesome. First of all, the cool thing, right? He's paying tribute to these guys of the 30th Infantry Division. So every character, even the German side, everybody has a name, hmm. which is cool. And hmm. then the art is really um, evocative. I, I agree with you. I really dug the art. Plus the cards actually from Osprey Games are almost like, it's almost a plastic, but it's it's textural I, I it's hard to describe but it's hmm. actually really like what the cards are made out of too yeah i don't know uh, i was just disappointed in the dice uh, that's that's really the big thing just for me. completely random huh you just didn't have any yeah you just you, you do now over, you get huh? more chances of course with certain units but it's still, still you know yeah. you could get really lucky or really you know you could have three three rolls of one yeah you know now just completely sink you because uh, uh, i mean i'm not disinterested in war games because for one thing i'm a big history person i mean i just uh i just finished watching on the history channel watching uh grant the you know like the three-part miniseries I, I love that type of stuff you know so i would be really interested in some of that history but i just the randomness of that type of stuff i just god i just don't think it would be something i would enjoy so i think we should try uh with that in mind, I think we should try a, a coin game that doesn't have as much what feels like randomness. Because again, the the randomness there's also randomness of of a deck builder, right? Like what sure. you draw yeah. and stuff like that. And and so you know you get a bunch of fog of war cards in your hand. Or when I shoot, you know, for example, when I when I shot one of Finn's units, my son Finn, his units, I I got both of them, and then Finn had two fog of war cards left in his hand. He couldn't do anything with, so it really kind of hmm. took him out of you know. Because you get initiative each round, and so it took him out mm -hmm. of that turn, you know? Like, hmm. so, Interesting. Anyway, we should try... Uh, our, our friend Joe Farrell is really into A Distant Plane, mm -hmm. which, is, uh, which is a really interesting conflict game. It's a coin game, and the way that the forces work is really interesting, too, and it doesn't feel like there's as much... You know, it's not like roll a die and stuff. There's, there's more... 
you know, take this card and use it for this, or, you know, it's, it's, it's more what you're used to with the Twilight Struggle game, but the interaction and the subject matter is really interesting in how those forces kind of interact. Yeah, I'd definitely be willing to give it a shot. I mean, I'm, yeah. you know, as, as I've, as I've grown as a gamer, you know, over years, who knows? I mean, this might be something eventually might be something that's more up my alley and I just don't know it yet. And right. I recently got uh, Maria in a trade, which I, oh. I really want to try. Okay. Now oh, I've heard I'm of that. totally one. in for that. Okay. Well, and if, and if, you know, you got into a distant plane and it just wasn't doing it for you, we could bring some of the root animals in as counters and that might, I mean, that might spruce <laughs> it up a little better well you gosh you know how much i love root you know i mean i, I thought i'd talk about that as my recent play i've gotten to play it twice over the past two weeks so. I know. <laughs> you know all right so what what else have you been playing well i i did get a few games in the, this past weekend before i started this uh, garage cleaning and the first one was a game uh, it's it's an older game and Dominus Domini or something like that. This monkey. Yep. Nobody wants to hear about that. Don't worry about it. Anyways. <laughs> um, but what I did get a play in of was Aladdin's Dragons. Have you guys heard about this one? Yeah, I just heard a podcast talking about it um, a week or so ago. It, it's one of those kind of old standbys. Yeah, it's it's actually a Richard Breeze. Oh, all right. Okay. I didn't know he he had uh, he had done that. Yeah. Um. And it's a it's really kind of a blind auction bidding game where everybody has uh, discs that are, are one through nine. Well, actually, they don't have a three, so there's a one, two, and then a four through nine. And you're secretly putting these discs out into a big map. And on the bottom of the map, there's like a dragon's cave that has all these gems and treasures in it that, you know, that you're trying to bid for. And then in the middle is like the city where you have different powers and different things that you can get. And then in the top part, you have the palace, which you're trying to, the, the object of the game is, is to try to collect these artifacts. And in the palace, there's four rooms. Well, excuse me, it depends on how many players, uh, four players, there was four rooms, more players or, you know, there's more rooms, but you are, placing these tokens in these rooms but the tokens in the palace rooms you actually have to pay for with the gems so you got to try to get gems to do different things to be able to get up into the palace and then win these artifacts and person with the most artifacts is the winner at the end of the game and the game ends once all the artifacts are gone so it's a really good cat and mouse game so like i might put a number down in a room that has like some big treasure in it it could have been my one. It could have been my nine. You don't know. Now, you can add to it. Like, you know, I could put a four and then I could also add a, a six later or whatever. So then 10 would be my total in that room. And whoever has the most in that room gets to pick the treasure first, which obviously they always take the best amount and then so on and so on. And then, like I said, in the middle, there's a way to use these artifacts that you get. They have special abilities like they can um, they can do different things like double one of your numbers or they can add a like a virtual three to one of your rooms so that you can win a room. You can play it after you see what's there. So there's just a lot of good cat and mouse type of uh, thing going on. And I, I actually really, really enjoy this game. I played it a long time ago. And when I replayed it the other day, I was like, oh boy, I don't know. Is this going to be a game that I you know still think is really fun? Oh my goodness. I, I really enjoyed it. I really thought it was a really solid game. I... I just really liked the interaction um, between, you know, cause it's definitely the, you know, it's a, it's almost a, Oh, did that, did that person put that number there? Oh, I can put this here, you know, type of thing where you're kind of battling or whatever, trying to figure out what somebody did really interesting. Um, and then ties are broken by who the first player is or 
who's closest to the first player. So there's an advantage to being first player, but there's also an advantage to going last because you actually get to lay your token last. So like, oh, nobody even went to that spot. I can throw my whatever there and I can get that for sure. I don't even have to worry about battling. So it's a real good give and take. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, this is a game. I mean, I'd love to show you guys this game. I think you guys would both really enjoy it. That sounds fun. Yeah, it looks interesting just from the, the box cover. I like it. So Yeah. So that was Aladdin's dragons i don't think it's in print anymore uh probably one of those you have to get in the secondhand market but i don't think you're gonna have to pay an arm and a leg to get it in the secondary market if it's something that sounds interesting to you nice richie what are your recent acquisitions and the reason i was made i was able to make these acquisitions is that like i said i've been digging ever since i saw you guys last week and this so this past weekend was going to be our day both me and jessica were going to be home we're going to work real hard in the backyard to get it just taken care of and then she comes up as I'm getting on my stuff to go outside and dig. And then she's like, oh, yeah, I forgot that my family was in town and we had set up a thing. We were going to go to the, the Lincoln Zoo with the kids. So I'm not going to be here. Have fun shoveling, basically. Oh, <laughs> <So>, nice. <laughs> we, we agreed that I can make some purchases. <laughs> All right. He got a little to, bargaining chip right there. <laughs> to, make, to make up for having to work this weekend by myself. So I picked up Shobu. That was one that oh, I picked yeah. up. That okay. I'm actually okay. really excited to try. A little abstract game. It's isn't it? It's, it, well, it's not Smirk and Dagger, but it's whatever they're friendly. Smirk and laughter. Smirk so and it's laughter. The same, it's the same line. I can't. I can't remember the um, the designer's name, but it is. I, I really think you're going to like it. I'm excited to try that one. And then an obscene amount of Age of Steam maps. So I know Clef's happy about that. Yep. Uh, <laughs> so, he's down the rabbit hole. Down, we got down him. The we got I think, him. <laughs> Not just from this order, but from some previous orders that I'm still waiting for. It's probably I've bought about 16 or 17 maps. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and then I picked up, uh, and I think you guys looked at this at Origins, and it's one that's kind of gone by the wayside, but it's still one of the games that I wanted to try, and that's Hadara. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh. We did that We did that uh, live Thing stream. Thing with Z-Man, yeah. Yeah, yeah. On, on Twitch. Yeah, it looked a little light, but you know, it looks still a little lighter. Yeah, but it's a variant on Seven Wonders, kind of, right? Yeah, I think so. And it, it looks a little lighter, but it uh, it looks like a game that I can get Jessica to play. Right. And, yeah. And I've yeah. heard nothing but good things about it. So I, that was my last pickup. Even though mm. I don't know why I'm worried about her after this weekend, but <laughs> <laughs> I should be picking up things uh, I want to play. <laughs> salty over and, here. And why would you go to the Lincoln Zoo? That's where her family lives. Oh, okay. I mean, and they had a little walk. One of the best zoos thing. in the United States, or the Lincoln Zoo. You know, no, okay. no, I, <laughs> I, I, I agree with you. <laughs> so that's what I picked up, and I'm really excited for the Age of Steam maps. I got their club. I got oh. Korea. Oh, I cannot. Which wait I'm really to play excited. Korea. I should have oh. brought that tonight. I don't know. Why oh I didn't my bring goodness. It. Well, you don't live far away. That is true. Uh. <laughs> so that's what I've been purchasing. Hopefully it doesn't take four hours and Chad thinks it goes a little too long for his taste. Wow, he, he is, is really you spicy. Talk about salty. I'm a little He's salty, salty on that. that. That game was so good. And then you tweet out there that, oh, it was a little long. Well, it stayed its welcome. It's like, uh, no, it didn't. It was amazing, people. So It was a good game. It was just that particular play was too long. For Chad. <laughs> the other three players involved do not have the same opinion as chad from punchboard paradise <laughs> i love you chad all right moving on <laughs> 
So about this time a year ago, we reviewed Wingspan from Elizabeth Hargrave and Stonemeyer Games. Do you guys uh, remember what you gave? I think we gave it fives across the board, didn't we? Yes. Yeah, we did. Are we sure? Yep. We're positive. We I gave sure. it a five? That's right. And you know, I might even cut in Clef's rating of Wingspan. That's, that's a great that's idea. Because that. I, that's, that's perfect. Not I think that. listeners, especially new listeners, would be shocked to hear what he says. Right. So I think that's great. Put it in right here. <laughs> this is, I mean, I really like this game. I really do. Um, so I'm sitting here. I mean, this is a game that, A, I, I don't have it yet, but I, I'm going to get it. For one thing, my wife has told me I'm going to buy this. And anytime she tells me I'm going to buy a board <laughs> game, I'm going to do it. So it's going to be in my collection. It's going to stay in my collection. So that right away makes it a game that is, you know, a four or higher, right? So that's where we're at. So then my next thought is, is this a game that could be, well, first of all, then I'll say, could this be a game that would be in my top 10 of all time? No, it's not going to be there. I mean, it's not that game for me because of the player who I am. I enjoy it, but it's not going to be quite there. But could this big game be a top 10 for the year for me? Well, right now I'm going to say it might be my number one so far for 2019. Oh, wow. So I feel like that has a darn good chance to be in my top 10 of the year. So I'm going five. I'm wow. going to give this a five. I'm I am impressed. really surprised. I, yeah. I, I think I really thought for quite a while, no, I'm just going to give it a four. I think four is still a good rating for this game. But I'm going to tell you right now, I like this game. And I, now part of it maybe makes it better in a way that when everybody was talking and hyping it up i was like eh, okay it's gonna be an okay game i'm not really all that excited about it and then when i played it, i was like oh my goodness i like it a lot so that gives it a little bit but i'm just you know what i'm i'm throwing out the grumpy old euro player and i'm saying this game is fun it's <laughs> enjoyable it's got great decision making and it's got a fun engine building and it's got a right amount of time for what it does and that all adds up to a just a top-notch game for me i'm giving it a solid five not even like a squeaking out five solid Five. Okay. All right. Okay, guys. So I don't know who that guy was. Just <laughs> ignore that guy completely. Since you heard that, uh, future Clef was yelling at past Clef just now, but uh, you missed. You you'll miss hearing that. So we gave it fives across the board. Richie, where are you now with Wingspan? I'm still pretty high on Wingspan. I still I still own it. I still play it with the wife. Uh, every every now and again, it's a game that gets out quick. It's not a five for me because we we are redoing our tops of 2019 this year, and it's it it did not hit the list. Right. Mm -hmm. Um. So I'm gonna come down to a four because it's still a game that I enjoy. It's lighter. It's there's some randomness in it, but for a game that's got that random card draw, I want it to be fast anyways. So it it does not bother me all that much. Okay. And it's not a game that overstays its welcome. In fact, gets shorter the, as you go. So, I'm, I'm going to come in at a four. Well, Clef, what did you what do what do you think? Well, that guy back from February back here, there he didn't know what he was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> you mean you? <laughs> oh yeah, that was me. Um, now you need to cut in that uh, thing of of what I what I had oh, him, the question last week. Yeah, yeah, yeah what I had to <laughs> had him have to defend his reviews. Anyway, yeah. go ahead. No. Uh, this is a game, you know, when, I think we had played it a few times when we reviewed it, and this is a solid game. There's there's nothing wrong with Wingspan. It is a very good, solid game, and hey, as far as games that have, you know, kind of branched into a more limelight of the public, you know, of board games, 
it's been a great game. I mean, it has certainly been a huge hit and brought a lot of non-gamers into saying, ooh, look at this, what board game can be. Obviously, it's beautiful. I mean, the cards are lovely. Um, you know, I still wish the eggs did something more than just, you know, nothing. You know, they're different colors or whatever, but they're very beautiful. But this game for me, I think as I continued to play it, I realized that there just wasn't a lot that I was getting to do in the game. It was very... I don't want to say scripted, but it was, you know, I just played the bright cards and played them in the right spot. And there just wasn't a lot. There was, there's very little player interaction, which, you know, for me is something that I do enjoy in a game. I definitely like it when I'm interacting and things can change with my opponents. And I just am not getting that in that game. So I think as the time has gone on, this game has just gotten to be a little too light for me. Um, as, as Richie just said, you know, I've certainly done my top 2019 games in, in wingspan, uh, even so, it might have been number one when I played it in February. It certainly didn't even make my top 10 or anywhere close to my top 10 of the year. Uh, if I really had to give this thing a rating, I mean, it, I'm sorry, to, it, it's going to sit between a two and a three for me. And as we've all said, I mean, if a game's going to sit somewhere, you're always going to go on the lower side of it. So, I mean, I'm going to drop down to a two. And I don't mean to be like, wow, that seems like a really different rating but that for me is just what has it has had turned into it's certainly a game i don't want to play uh i don't i'm not going to ask people to play it and if people ask me hey do you want to play it i'm pretty much going to i mean it would have to be the only thing available for me to play for me to sit down to play this game i might want to play root right now over this game Wow. <laughs> okay. No, All right, let's maybe play some not. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So anyways, Chad, what what did you rate it? Well, I think I'm going to come down on my rating as well a little bit. Uh, when this game first came out, it had the traditional great production values that, I mean, Stonemeyer is top of the line with this stuff. And like the the linen, the linen manual. And again, I, I was also really excited that the... Uh, the illustrations and everything were were beautiful. Um, the the game designer and the illustrator were were women, which doesn't happen very much in in our industry. And I wanted to celebrate that. I even think too. I will say, you know, people were griping that it won innovative, right? But I would argue that innovative can be a theme can be innovative. I mean. Honestly, if you want to think about it, it doesn't just have to be about mechanisms for things to be innovative. And if you say that game about birds, everybody's going to know what you're talking about because there really are Peatmots. Oh, oh well. Peatmots, good game. Yeah, okay, oh. okay, okay. There's another game. <laughs> but but uh, honestly, I think you could argue that that what this did was draw in a whole bunch of other people because of the theme. Now, that being said, I want to say, well, it's I found out since I got it that it sits in this weird gray area because it feels like that it's bringing other people into the hobby. It feels like it should be a gateway game, but it's not quite a gateway game. There's a little bit too much going on once everything gets rolling for new people to decide um, what what they're doing, I think, sometimes, or what they should be doing. So I taught it to my mom, and once we got into the middle of it, she felt overwhelmed because she wasn't sure where she should be focusing mm -hmm. because there's that 
you know, there's the the sure. cards that you're vying for in the center, and then do I get eggs? Or you know, it was really hard for her to divert her attention. Whereas if we're playing Ticket to Ride, you can see, oh, okay, that many trains gets me that many points. This many trains gets me this many points. Sure. Here's my objectives. That's yeah, it. You know, you're saying, yeah. And there's a little bit more on the plate with wingspan. So it's not really, in my opinion, for most for that crowd. But then again, it's not necessarily for the medium weight gamer because there's so much randomness in the card draw, you know? And, mm-hmm. and and now I will say Deus is another engine builder that there's randomness in the card draw, but I think that there are certain things that Deus does that do, that make you feel like you still can win with a bad hand, right? Sure. So you can kind of mitigate some of that card draw a little bit more. You, the market is a little bit more malleable. But in, in Wingspan, if you bother to look at everybody's board, you can see... The points and you can see like oh i don't i have a hand that's really not going to work and i'm not whereas in deus 2 the the points are all face down you know so you don't know up until the end um so those are kind of the things that that really give me pause with mm-hmm. it i will still play if anybody wants to play i'm happy to play and it does have a charm to it and if we're playing at a lower player count where it's going to really move then i'm happy to play it i'm happy to play it but I, i'm going to put it at about it's between a three and a four, and going by what we've talked about, I'm going to put it at a three. Okay. So one one year later, or approximately one a year and a few months later, uh, our ratings are a two, a three, and a four from Richie. Let's go see what the punch bunt said on the guild. So I have here Gabriel Perez, and he said, I would say it's a three. It's a beautiful game and easy to learn but nothing special or magical. I like how the game fits in about 60 minutes and they created a system where the game doesn't bog down as you get more actions on your tableau with less cubes to play. The game doesn't go too long because of that mechanism. What I don't like about the game is it's very random based upon what you draw or the cards displayed and the dice rolls are too random too. There is some way to mitigate the dice with similar dice can be re-rolled. Wish list, he kind of said, what do you would like? I don't know if I need a take that card or something where you don't feel like you are playing four-player solitaire. It would be cool to play on someone's board and they were rewarded with a couple of eggs for using your board. All right, next one we're going to read is from John H., Uh, For me, it's a five. It's the perfect weekend brunch game. I would agree that it is not a perfectly deep game, but I think there's a good amount of tactical decision making about actions to take. Then the various drafting of foods slash cards. It has some randomness, but not so much that a better player isn't going to win most of the time. It's also much more appealing and inviting to people who are interested in trying out a game, even if it's probably a step beyond a true gateway. The European expansion definitely improves the game with more variety in powers and end round goals. I'm hoping future expansions go in the same direction as it really helped our enjoyment of the game. Also, everyone loves to giggle at the induendo-laden names of some of the birds. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's true. <laughs> yep. He had some good points there as well. Well, we'll round this out with Stephen E. on our guild. He said, it's a solid five heading towards a six, especially with the European birds expansion. On top of the solid mechanisms, refreshing theme, and beautiful art and components, the gameplay is just so smooth. I'm always relaxed and having fun when I play Wingspan, and I've enjoyed playing two and even three games back to back. Plus, it's a game that I've introduced to non-gamers, and they've all enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to the new expansions as well. 
Note, if you are looking for a game experience where you can develop and hone strategic skills or a game with heavy, intricate mechanisms, Wingspan isn't that game. In fact, it can't be because of the card randomness. And that's okay. This may change with future expansions, but it's totally fine with me if it doesn't. If I'm in the mood for a more brain-burnery game, there are plenty of other games out there. So some interesting thoughts from our guild. I think some of them seem to echo what we're talking about. You know, it's all in what you expect to get out of it. And if you, you know, there are some other Stonemeyer games that are kind of like that. You know, Viticulture has sort of a relaxed vibe, even though you're drawing, you know, you're you're vying for some of these things, I think. And Yeah, yeah. and like I said, I mean, it, it just depends on what mood I'm in. Right. I mean, if I'm just looking to play and not really hurt my brain, Wingspan not- fits the... Yeah, not looking to think. Okay, gotcha. There's a, there's a great... <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs> so, <laughs> there's some interesting... Well, oh, Richie, the one of us at the table having played the European expansion, did you think that that greatly improved the game? Uh, you can definitely go after more than just eggs. I would say in the base game, really, you just you just spam eggs and you, you'll, you will most likely win. Whereas with the European expansion, depending on how the cards come out, obviously it's going to be random. You have a chance to where you can spam tucking cards is one of the options. And I do like the, the, the new powers that they put in there that are a little bit more interesting. Okay. I, I, Chad, actually, I didn't know. I have gotten to play with the European. I think my biggest problem with it is is you're shuffling, whatever, 50 cards or it's whatever. It's a lot of cards. It into is a like lot of cards. 300 cards. So it's not like you're seeing a lot of those cards. I mean, you're not, as you just said, I mean, you still have that randomness of cards. So I, I, it's hard for me to say that expansion really can change the game when you might see maybe maybe 10 cards maybe from the European or whatever. No, because so, I know they're so. going to do another, I think it's Oceanic Birds, mm-hmm. I think is the next expansion. I would like to see either them come up with some type of set deck list like a like different like ah, depending okay. on the type of game that you want to play yeah like an actual list that you can pull these cards out and you'll play with this deck mm-hmm. like 51st state does that a lot of games do that where because right. yeah well, the more cards you're throwing in there the more diluted it becomes and you sure. may not be able to do certain strategies well and one thing and we'll probably talk about this later with our or with our scythe review one thing that jamie does really well is he listens to what what the fan base wants or what the people who play his games want or what they feel is missing so maybe he'll he'll do some of that kind of thing i mean gabriel was talking about having a take that card you guys think that i mean it seems against what elizabeth hargrave was trying to do but i'd I'd be interested i i don't think that that's where she would want to go with this game or even jamie would want to go with this game I, i don't think that that's what they're looking for i i think this is a game that is multiplayer solitaire type of game and i think for most people who love this game that's perfect for them i don't think they're looking for interaction when it comes to the game Speaking of perfect, I'm glad that you actually said those words because on our guild there was they were worried about hijacking a thread, but then there was a big discussion on multiplayer solitaire and is that a oh, really? a dirty word or dirty phrase, I guess, and um, player interaction. And so one of our listeners and fellow punch buncher and man with his own podcast. Bryce, he mentioned that he thought player interaction in reviews were, kind of overrated and then uh one of our other listeners joe came in and said well you know uh, it just kind of depends and how do you mean overrated and they had this great big discussion so they kind of wanted us to address that so richie it's a question for your for your mailbag essentially your virtual mailbag Ooh, all yeah. right mailbag time So 
So Joe asked, and like we said, this is kind of spurred off of our Wingspan uh, thread on BGG. So if you want to read kind of their back and forth on there, go check out the forum post on our guild 3227 on BGG. Uh, So Joe's question is, what's your take on player interaction? Do you consistently enjoy highly interactive games more or less than so-called multiplayer solitaire games? Or do you have room in your hearts for both? Have your thoughts on this changed over time? If I was just off the cuff, just, you know, if you were to say to me, what do I prefer more? I'm going to say player interaction, 100%. I like it when players can change the way I have to play the game, that I have to adapt to the play of the game as opposed to I'm just playing my game and it doesn't really matter whatever you're doing. I just, I play my game and it makes no difference. That is for me what I enjoy. Now, I'm not sure you know, I'm curious on what exactly, and I'm, I'm sorry, I don't mean to kind of go off of this, but what did Bryce mean by he thought that that was a, like a bad thing for reviewers to say it was, he wasn't saying a bad thing. Uh, he was just saying it was, it was kind of overrated that, that reviewers seem to prize this too highly all hmm. the time. And that, and that maybe some games weren't meant to have that, which I think is oh, interesting. I because would, would agree with that. Well, okay. But he's not saying that he doesn't think that we should talk about games that have player interaction or anything. No, he's okay. not saying that. He's just saying that too often uh, a reviewer will ding a game because they said it had no player uh, interaction. Like almost like a, little, a crutch or something. Yeah. That that's always like a go-to. And, okay, and I just saying, saying, well, is that, you know, basically saying, is that what the game is going for? Does it need that? Does it have to have that? Or is that just something that you want, you know? Right. And, and, and which I would agree with the fact that, I mean, for, for me, that is something that dings wingspan for me. But then, you know, I'll say that doesn't mean that it has to be for everybody. There are people out there that that's what they like. They like, and as Richie just said, Hey, there's times where he doesn't want to sit there and have to think incredibly hard. He can just kind of play his own game or whatever. So I would say it just kind of depends on what you're looking for. So I think it also depends on the game too, right? I mean, it, not not just what you're in the mood to play, but also whether the game accomplishes certain things, right? Uh-huh. So, I mean, is the game enough of an interesting puzzle by itself to do that multiplayer solitaire, or do you want interaction that changes it up? Uh-huh. And I, I think that's part of it. You know, you you guys have I haven't played it, but you guys talked about Paladins of the of the Western Kingdom. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So Paladins of the West Kingdom has a is known for being fairly multiplayer solitaire. The biggest things are your own player boards there that you're mostly interacting with your own sure. stuff. Yeah. Uh, but you guys seem to kind of like that game. Mm, I mean, it's okay. Yeah, I think we, we both cooled I, on I, a little bit. Yeah, I would think a better example would be Newton. Yeah, yeah. Newton's I, yeah. a great That's example. That's a game that I really, really love, Newton. Game. And boy, I mean, I could care less what my opponents are doing. You know, I mean, it's right, all yeah. about just getting my point engine rolling and just, you know... Uh, just crushing Richie. That's the fun part I love about that game. <laughs> this is true. And hey, I, I talk about him with the pond, so I can't. Yeah, you, I got to take it. In the pond. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, I, I mean, there are games that I think you're right. Um, you know, like I said, in Newton, I, I love just figuring out my own puzzle and just kind of doing my own thing. But I would say I would lean towards games that have player interaction. But I mean, I don't think a game should be knocked because it doesn't have player interaction for its overall game. I just think as a reviewer, that's something that I am probably going to more likely say about a game because it is something that I look for in games, I think, more and more as I continue to grow as a gamer. 
Yeah, and, and honestly, I think if it's a longer game, I want some type of interaction there. Because otherwise, like, why don't I just go play a video game? Right. You know, instead of uh, we're all sitting around at the table, I, I do want some type of interaction. It doesn't have to be, like like we said with Newton, it doesn't have to be fully interact. But Newton's a fast game. I would say Newton's a fairly fast game compared sure. to like what we play normally. So it doesn't, I, I definitely have room in my heart for both. I'm definitely more lenient when we're talking about lighter games, like Welcome To. Like that's basically multiplayer software. Absolutely or is. Yeah, like you any, can play a hundred players. Any of those roll and rights. Right. <laughs> I don't. That doesn't bother me because I mean it's over fast. Whatever. We're just playing a, a quick game, and then we'll compare our scores. But I do want a little bit more interaction in those longer games. Although uh, Lorenzo, the that latest expansion, I've actually taken out. That yeah, kind of introduced that. more interesting to it me. Introduced more interaction, definitely towards the mean side. Because obviously, uh-huh. I mean it's worker placement, so you have that interaction on the board there as far as taking spots and getting cards. Uh, but yeah, for some reason I've, I've played a couple of games with those new cards and it. I, I don't know. I didn't like the tone it brought to the game, which was surprising to me as well. So I think what we're talking about here, and that makes sense is it, it really depends on a, obviously our preferences, but then B, and this is a good thought. Does the game, does it help the game accomplish what you think the game is trying to accomplish? Right. And that's, you know, you're, you're listening to us bunch, bunch as, you know, because you know by now, hopefully, what our preferences are, and so you kind of couch your opinion of us or our our own opinions with that bias, I guess. But it's also important for us to look at these games and and look at them independently, probably, and say, does the game accomplish what it's trying to accomplish? That's that's kind of another rabbit hole. We don't want to get too far down, but it, I guess, it can pertain to this topic. I would say uh, that's a good good jumping off point for this discussion question. But really, please jump on our guild and uh, get some of that discussion going. I'll post up after this hits. We'll post up on the forums uh, player interaction and your feelings on it. Because everybody, as we just talked about, can feel a little bit differently about these things. And you can talk about what games you feel like do it for you and what games you might like as multiplayer solitaire. And now for our review of Scythe. Scythe is a 2016 game from Jamie Stegmeier and Stonemeyer Games. It is set in an alternate 1920s Europa. It's an engine building game that is essentially about players that represent five factions in the base game of Eastern Europe that are vying for control on a central board. They are trying to produce goods in order to build structures and mechs, as well as take over the hexes and accomplish objectives that are on a board. There are 10 objectives on this board that players can vie for. The first one to complete six of these objectives ends the game immediately. Players are encouraged to increase their efficiency by completing top actions on their player board and linking them with bottom actions on their player board. The person with the most money which equates to points at the end of the game, will win. That is a high-level overview of Scythe. Gentlemen, art and components for Scythe. Ooh, top-notch. Yeah, I would say this is probably, of the games I own, that this is the best production on my shelf, easily. 
Yeah, they set the standard. No, no question. If we were just rating rating on art and components alone, this is a six right here. Yeah, I, I, I mean, when this first came out, I mean, I think this was the first moment that everybody was like, "Wow, a board game can look like this." It just everything from the um, you know from the art to the the recess boards, you know, that have really become a top-notch standard you know i mean that it just really has everything going for it and then obviously if you do the upgraded bits like chad had for his game well i mean that's even more fun you know to grab that wood and grab that you know grain and you know you actually have that little bag that's that's it's nice do you think that board game publishers just every once in a while call jamie up and go hey Thanks a lot. You know, like, <laughs> seriously, like people, F you. you know, people are like, I, I see Kickstarter campaigns and stuff, and people are like, you know what? Jamie does recess boards. Yeah. Why, why, why doesn't this campaign have recess boards? <laughs> seriously, I mean, he he does set the standard. So it, it changed the standard. I would totally agree with yeah, you there. Definitely. Yep. All right. Well, I think that. I mean, I think that covers it. And I will say though too that the the rule books. I mean, we played we've played this game too, and we can talk about all the expansions we've shoved different stuff in. But I think the rule books are are pretty darn clear too. Yeah, definitely it does a great job there. And all the stuff that you can get outside of this as well just even the base game is fantastic but all the extra bits that you can buy like Clef was saying but I even love the the box I bought that I mean, it's stupid, but it, I love it. Right, that, that huge box, the thirty dollars box. Yeah, yeah. That Jacob Rosalski did the art for this. We should mention him because that is yeah. what really spurred Jamie to create this game. It was the yeah. art is so evocative, and it is. It's it's beautiful. I mean, it, it totally draws people in. Yeah, no, absolutely. No, he did did a great job. All right, well, let's talk about the gameplay. As I mentioned, this is an engine building game. It feels as such. It's it. It's, borrows from that sort of Terra Mystica vibe of taking things off your board and putting them somewhere else to make your your actions more efficient. You want to try to chain things together where you can, you know, do that top action and then also manage to do that bottom action. It should also be said too that every time you go, unless you're one specific faction, you have to pick a different action with your next turn. So you can't spam the same action. A lot of great mechanisms kind of I feel like came from this game where you know, it's very interesting where you're choosing the different actions, but you, like you just said, Chad, you can't choose the same one. Um, I also like the how all the resources you get were normally in a game. You know, you put them all right next to you, and uh, even the other day when we played again, we some of us were grabbing them and putting them next to us because we're so used to that. And it's like, whoop, nope, that goes out on the board. And so it's you can use it, but if somebody can come in there and take it away from you, you know, you could lose that. And uh, that's something interesting that I don't. You know, at least I had not been experienced to when I when I first played this game. Yeah, I think maybe Roads and Boats does that, but not very many games do do that. And so it's it's very interesting that way too. It's nice um, when you take over somebody's hex, you get their resources. It's yeah, cool. yeah. But you can obviously lose popularity if you do that. If they, you know, if you knock workers out, so it's a very give and take type of thing. Is it worth it for you? Right, and so that's important because the push and pull there is the popularity is your multiplier for end game scoring for all the other factors. So how many tiles you control and how much the objectives are worth at the end all that stuff is tied to your popularity so right. yeah that that can be yeah. an important decision off of the base game and maybe this 
could throw off some people when they look at the production they look at the the minis in there i mean outside of the, getting the two stars for fighting you really don't want to fight no it's no gonna, it's gonna hurt you more it's, than it's, it's gonna not help a you. fighting game that's yeah. for sure i mean you in fact i mean you i'm sure each of us we've won many a games with never fighting at all right. it's not quite but it almost feels like a racing game where you're trying to race out to the center to get those factory cards because then you can get some really efficient actions into your into your board into your tableau and also you're controlling more spaces that way too I would say it really feels like a racing game because not only you're racing for the factories, but really what the the object is is to race to get to those objectives as fast as possible. Mm. And I mean, for me at least, when I'm playing it, that's I just sit there and okay, if I start in on upgrades, I'm all in on upgrades. If I'm all in on enlisting, you know, I do not stop until now. Granted, you know, you have to do other things because you have to move around, but like I don't stop until I get that completely done. That's just that's my goal, and that's what I kind of go for in that game. So I feel like racing game is really an apropos word, you know, for for how this game is played. I say apropos was an apropos word. That was pretty good there, Clef. <laughs> hey, you know, every once in a while, <laughs> Ben Maddox has been giving me special lessons on the side and working go. with really? him. Yeah. You should, yeah. Are you his fair lady? Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you, you have to get an efficient engine running quickly and that's definitely what you're racing for and once you mm-hmm. get rolling you just need to keep pushing mm-hmm. to get all those objectives done well you're kind of our our uh, resident combat expert what did you think <laughs> of the combat in this game <laughs> um i mean the combat's fine like like we said it, this is not a war game this is especially base game there are some expansions that add more fighting into it but it's fine it, i mean it's kind of that normal you know you pick your power plus you have some hidden cards and you reveal um i like i like that type of combat system because obviously it's not just straight dice you have some control over it and there's some bluffing that can go on in there there's some you know trying to push someone to because clef came real close to really screwing me in one game where he didn't need the fight at all but he still put in like five or six power and i had luckily just put one more in there and he otherwise he would have stopped me from getting that star so right um yeah there's some interaction there that you you need to pay attention to and you need to pay attention to what's going on the map but overall it's definitely lower on the you know the combat so so i i think that's interesting though the first few turns if you've played scythe can should move fairly quick you have about five minutes right to study your board and what your combination is because you get that faction board and then you get that other board that kind of matches to it and I think that once you do that, you should kind of have planned out, if you've played Scythe a little bit, what your first few actions are going to be, you know, because you're not going to get across the water usually with that sort of thing. So just as we're reviewing this, and obviously our, our mailbag question on Player Interaction Solitaire, would you guys consider this game to be more a solitaire game or more of a player interaction game? Oh, I, I think that it really depends on which faction you draw too, because you could you could say, okay, I've got to play my own puzzle with this game, what I've got here, or you could be that faction that I can't remember which one it is has the bombs, and you go just dropping off all those all those traps or those bombs basically. On Ooh, I think you're into expansion here. Uh, yeah, that might yeah, be yeah the invaders the, from okay. afar invaders, expansion. Yep. So, but but that one, um, you know, I think that ups the ante a little bit, sure. and it, and you can see what somebody's got maybe on their player board, and you're like, okay, I'm gonna go drop these off, and this is gonna affect it this way. Mm-hmm. I think it, it, I think it depends on the players at the table. So I, I have had games where there's a lot more fighting going on. There's like more 
people trying to take over other people's resources by getting their mechs in there, like if they just have farmers on that space. Then I've had other ones where everyone keeps their head down and they're just working on their board. Sure. They're not really worried about what's going out on the map. So, yeah. So, so, yeah, I think it definitely depends on the players. So, Scythe allows for that. It's kind of a hybrid almost, yeah. you would say. Yeah. You yeah. really can have it both ways, yeah. And the expansions make it more and more so, I think. Uh, well, I mean... Yeah. Do you want to talk about favorite expansions? For me, I one thing that kind of got a little little old with me was the fact that every game was always just as you said the race for getting those stars, you know, and if you just could you fast got to those stars, you could a lot of times win. And I I was like I always wish there was something a different way to win the game or a different way for the game to end. And so I really like the expansion that adds those new in-game victory conditions. I I thought those were really interesting there's a lot of really cool ones in fact you know there was that one that i even thought was neat where it was like you've got 20 turns mm-hmm. and i was like oh man that almost makes it into a totally different game because you need to really be efficient with every action you're doing as opposed to you know well you know i got plenty of turns to do whatever i'm doing to get to my stars or whatever you you might skip out on doing something you normally would do in the game just because you're just trying to score as many points as you possibly can so i think that to me i really like that expansion in the game right that win gambit expansion can cause some interesting interesting turns of event uh, the other thing that we played with, la- I think our last play was we played with one that if you were the first to do that objective, that star, you got five dollars and you know and that objective, which is five extra points. So that added up really quick at the end of the game, and that was really interesting. So we were racing to get certain ones, and as soon as somebody got that one, then the other, then it was less attractive to you. So that that was a really interesting another way that Agreed. player interaction was, mm-hmm. was agreed. Yep, I agree because I think Richie got to the four mechs first, or Chad, you did. I can't remember which one it was, and then I was just like, "All right, I'm done building mechs. I'm going to go concentrate on another right. one because I want to get that extra five dollars." Yeah, agreed. Yeah, so there there were some really nice wrinkles wrinkles with that one. I bought Rise of Fenris, and I basically just took out the pieces and put the modules in that I wanted. But you actually went through the campaign, right? <laughs> yeah, I played through six games and I liked the story. I think it was kind of fun to see where the different modules were coming from in that aspect. And it did change some of the game and how you played those certain games because you were racing to do different things within each storyline, which each part of the storyline. And that was, I actually really enjoyed that part. Unfortunately, my players that I was playing with moved out of town so i didn't mm. i didn't get a chance to finish but i did like that i will say and here's a big spoiler alert if you don't want to know if you do, <laughs> okay hopefully you fast forwarded past that weird sound that clef made anyway if you didn't want to know but if you don't want to know about the side latest expansion rise of fenris what's in the box and you'd rather just play through it uh, you can fast forward through this. Go, but we're just going to talk really quick about. Chad, you that. got thirty seconds. All right. So I really like one of the expansions that gave you a technology upgrade, basically that you could play with your faction, and you could choose that. And we did play with that with some other games, kind of pulled out of the campaign. And you could have special mech upgrades too. You could choose two of four that you drew out of there, and that changed things up. Again, it's more diversification of player powers type type of a thing. All right. We're back. All right. You're all good. <laughs> but yes, I would agree that I, I, I just like that. And this is kind of like the same with uh, Viticulture, where essentially after the Tuscany expansion, you can make the game what you want it to be and include the modules that you want. And 
it's your game basically right. mm-hmm. yeah jamie does a good job again as i said of listening to the fans of his games and you know the 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 win gambit was basically based on uh, a fan's kind of ideas for the game so that was kind of nice that uh that he listened and and added those different objectives where you can make the game different player count that one for me is a big deal in this game okay we'll give it to us because i think i think a lot of people like to play it at higher player counts because i guess maybe because it does have a little more interaction where oh boy i remember last time i played a six-player game of scythe i was like oh boy because i mean you got a long time to wait especially if you've got a few people that are not Fast players, it can be a while before it gets back to your mm-hmm. turn. I, I personally myself like this at the three-player count. I think it's a little bit of a quicker game. You get back to you. And I'm, I'm not saying that I don't think it's a heavily, uh, I mean, it's got player interaction, but it's not a heavy player interaction game. So I'm okay with the limited player action. Yeah, four is the max for me. I, I would I would never do a six-player game. Uh, and I've, I've played at four, three, two, and one. And yeah, I would say the three-player game was, mm-hmm. was good. It, it went around the table quick. Um, so yeah, three or four would probably be my preferred player yeah. count. I'm just going to echo that. That's all. Yeah, I haven't played it a lot solo. I I, I know that Jamie really puts time in, and Monrad, Morton Monrad Peterson had pioneered that Automa expansion to most of his games, basically, and really kind of Again, pioneered that sort of that sort of play in the game, which is nice if you do play in a two-player game and you feel like you have the bandwidth to kind of add another player in for more of that interaction. So that that's another good perk to the game if you are a, either a solo gamer or you like to you want to play this game but you don't have a third player. Is Richie? Is there is there a uh, digital? Uh, si- or any of Stonemaier games? Yeah, it's on Steam. You it, can, it you can pick Steam. it up on Steam, and it's a really good implementation of the game. And I believe it has at least the second or the first expansion that you can download on there as well. The next thing on our list, as always, is variability slash replayability. Obviously, with all these expansions, I'm just going to say really quick that I think it has pretty high variability and replayability. Again, we just talked about you can make this game what you want. It's a different question if it's you know, if it doesn't do it for you, but really there's high variability and replayability with all these expansions we're talking about. Yeah, agreed. If, you, if you're picking up expansions, which I would definitely recommend, then I would say it's high. If it's just the base game, like Clef said, it, the, the way the game ends can get a little samey because you're kind of going after the same things, but pick up the expansions. You know, I played this game a ton when I first got it. So I, there's definitely some great replayability in this game. As you guys both just said, I mean, you've got multiple different factions that you pair differently, and so it's a different experience each game. So I, I think it's got great uh, replayability, and it's got some really cool variability, and obviously you start adding these expansions, and the sky's the limit for the number of different things that you can play with this game. All right, well, that looks like it's time for our final numbers. Richie, what's the uh, Punchboard Paradise rating scale? So Punchboard Paradise, we rate on a six-point scale with a one being a game that makes you miserable and a six being a game that could make your top ten of all time. Clef? Uh, you know, this game is is kind of a game where I th- when I first played it, I would definitely would it would have been like a solid five. I think as time has gone on, it, it's maybe dropped a little bit for me. I still think it's a good game. I, I don't play it as much as I used to, but it, it's still solid. And I don't, you know, if somebody was like, hey, I really want to play Scythe, I'm definitely there. I think it's an enjoyable thing. I like the fact that it does have the different expansions and, and would like to play some more of those. So I, I think I'd be at a solid, I, I'm going to give it a four. So I, I think it's a solid game um, that's, that's definitely worth playing. 
And uh, yeah, that's that's where I'm going to come in at is a four. So Chad, what about you? I would say I'm somewhere in between that four and five range. I don't know in 2016 that I would have listed this in my top 10, but I am I'm very glad to have it. Obviously, you guys know I have basically everything you can get for it i have the metal coins i love uh you had to you had to rent a u-haul to bring it over to my house to play the other day <laughs> right? right yeah yep. okay yeah yeah i love the iron ore i just love it how it feels in your hand it's weighty and that's one of the best things and each you know faction kind of has its own coins if you go in for that um so i have all that stuff and i'm really glad to have it because i can pull it out and play it with people that i really i know will enjoy that sort of game and they'll be like well, let's play it again. And then you can say, okay, we'll play it again, but we're playing with this winning condition this time. you know. And uh, so I'm happy to have it. It's a very strong four in my book. Richie, what would you give it? I'm coming in on a four as well. This is a game that I, once again, I, I own just about everything, just like Chad with this. I have the Legendary Box. And this is a game that, I'm, I mean, I'm hoping, like this is one of the games I pull off the shelf that I try to get Knox interested in games with. Mm -hmm. I just let him look at the pieces, let him play with the mm -hmm. airships and stuff like that. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and so I'm hoping once he gets a little bit older that it'll be hitting the table more often than it does now. Uh, but solid game, like I said, uh, a four and four across the board for the punch boarders. So it's a game that we all really enjoy. Uh, that's Scythe. And so, hey, thanks to Jamie Stegmeyer and Stonemeyer Games, we have a copy for our patrons. Oh, so if you are interested in this game in any way, we're we're doing the drawing soon, but you can go over to our Patreon and just as low as one dollar you can be entered in the game. Now, if you go higher than that, you can get you can get multiple entries into this game. What if I give two thousand dollars a month? Uh, th that is definitely a scythe game right there i'm sure oh yeah you, yeah. Could, you may be able to come live in cleft's basement yeah for that amount <laughs> if you come yeah <laughs> well we did say earlier that there was a secret amount that uh, richie would do a personal voicemail for you we just don't know what that secret <laughs> amount is yet <laughs> it's hot <laughs> real hot hey, okay. hey this is richie oh <laughs> That's probably the best. <laughs> or we can just have Clef imitate. Yes. Oh, that's what I really then, want. Oh, Clef imitating. Oh, I do the imitation. Oh, my gosh. No. Okay. So while we're talking about Patreon, we should do what we usually do and give one of our higher level patrons a chance to uh, tell us his top 10. So, Clef, you've got somebody picked out who is uh, one of the higher tiers, and, and he gave us a, a top 10, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh I have a, a gentleman, uh, perhaps you guys have heard of this name, his uh, name's uh, Ben Coberly. Oh, yeah, Mr. All ben right. Coberly. Mr. Ben Coberly. So he shot me his top 10, so it's it's time to tear it apart. I mean, it's time to read it and talk about it, guys. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so craftsman for number 10, right? Oh, for sure craftsman's <laughs> on this list. <laughs> oh, boy. All right, no, in all seriousness, here we go. Number 10 is Pipeline. All right, All right. starting off strong. Wow, I love that he we, loves that that much. We need to get it back to the table. Yeah, yeah. We, do. we do. I got it to the table a couple a couple of months ago, but I, I only got one play of it. I'd like to get it back yeah. to the table a few more times. Uh, yeah, definitely. All right, so, oh, and you guys saw the uh, little two-player pipeline game that they, what was that called? Cargo? Something Cargo. Yeah, Cargo something. Crazy Cargo or? Curious Cargo. Curious Cargo. cargo. That's curious, what it was. curious Cargo, yeah. That's yeah, his coming from Capstone. That, yeah. that, uh, that goes real quick. So. Yeah, so be on the lookout for that also. Okay, number nine, Downforce. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> that's a fun game. Ugh. You replace it with Mario, uh, I wonder Ugh. if he has the Mario cars. 
Uh, I heard you're supposed I to don't do. know. It's just that I game. I did where... get rid of my copy of Downforce. I... Did you really? Yeah, I did. That's a Kramer yeah. game. Yeah, I, I, I know. Usually keep all of his games, but the uh, the Kinesia game that they reprinted the that Winter same, Circle. Winter Circle. That kind of replaced it. Really? For me. That's. I want to play never that. Played that. Yeah. It's... I want to play that, Richie. That one right. sounds fun. Okay. So, all right, Ben, you're you're one for two so far. All oh right. boy. Number eight. Oh boy, he's he's going downhill here, Richie. Number eight <laughs> is Liz Boa. Oh man, what are you talking yeah, about? On. That's a great game. <laughs> yeah, but there's like six other Vital games that are much better. Uh, they may be on, higher ben. on the list. That is that is a great game. Could be it's higher. One of his better rule books. That's okay. a great. I love that pick. Good job, Ben. All right. So so far, uh, Ben, you're one for three for Richie and I, and two for three for Chad. Good job. All right. We got number seven. Here's a really good solid game. He's back on the board here with Yokohama. That is a yes, good game. Yeah. Where are your deluxe pieces coming? I don't know. I really don't 2042? know. 2042? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe soon. I well, keep waiting. I know. About the time Solarius Mission shows up. Oh. All right. Ooh, hit a hard spot there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on. Oh, now here's a great one. Number six, Rococo. Yeah. All right. Another oh, good nice. one. Love Did anyone game. back the new version? I didn't. No. I just have every, every, as much as it. as much as you know how how I love Ian O'Toole. I have everything that's pretty much going to be in that box, except okay. if they're solo. I don't know. Yeah, I didn't. I mean, I've played the jewelry expansion a couple times. It's fine, but I'm not going to back the whole game just to get a jewelry expansion. No, I yeah, I, I don't know. If, I didn't think it was extra. I understand. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, number five, brass. Well, yeah. I mean. I mean, Just brass? He didn't say... No, he said which brass. Which brass? Uh, the, uh, the first one. <laughs> <laughs> the, the original. The, the Papa Daddy. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Lancashire. 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 Oh, awesome. I'm telling you, Ben has been working with me constantly. <laughs> Every night we've been working on how to pronounce the English language. Okay. All right. <laughs> Number four. An amazingly great game. One of my favorites, Great Western Trail. Ah, ben, yes. is, ben is rolling now. Ben is rolling. All right. And then number three, another great game. Uh, looks like actually his, nope, not his top capstone, but uh, next step is Lignum. And oh, I, yeah. yeah. I, need, I, I want to play that again. Yeah. I got it in a trade. I only have the one play with Clef at two players. So I yeah, play we definitely, yeah, we should definitely play yeah. that some more. Um, it... it uh, it takes a little bit to get going on that game because it is there's a lot of uh, fiddliness to that game, but yeah. it's a solid game. Yeah. Uh, number two, and I know this is uh, one of Ben's favorites. And I've gotten to play it with him. In fact, we got to play it with him when he came up for mm-hmm. ATB Con. Mm-hmm. Uh, a game that you got to play at four players, and that is Wildcatters. Chad, Ooh, yeah, you're missing out. You I know. Get you the table. Hey. Hey, if you can give me crud about always uh, always bringing ga- games over and then not letting you play them, I want to talk about Wildcatters because I'm always bringing up Wildcatters. <laughs> oh, man, you got to, yeah. Well, It's really good. <laughs> yes, actually, super good. He has nothing to say. He's like, yeah. yeah, yeah well, well, no, well, you know. <laughs> the part of the problem is, is a lot of times when it's just the three of us, yeah, you, you know, can't play true. Definitely need the four players. Yeah. And the way he talks about Wildcatters, I am surprised that it's not his number one. But uh, right. Well, that's because his number one, if you know Ben at all, yeah, this is the game that he will not stop talking about. He loves this game, I, and sometimes I don't understand quite why he loves it as much as he does. It's like a sentimental favorite too. Not is, that it's not a good game, but it's a oh, sentimental solid favorite game. For him, but I, I mean, you know, but he just yeah, uh, that's Gold West, right? 
Gold West. Yeah. I think that, I just played that a couple months ago with the wife. I think that if if he if it ever didn't make his top ten, TMG would be at his door in a second, <laughs> and Jay, Alex, Kevin would be like, "What have I done? Yeah. What have I done to you?" Hey, that thing's not always his number one. Something you know, I'm yeah. going to think that an alien has replaced him. Yeah, and, and of uh, <laughs> Jay, Alex, Kevin's games, that's the only one that survived the purge. Oh, of yours? Yeah, of oh, mine. Wow. So that I, I hung on to Gold go. West. Gold West? Yeah, we, we, right. we still play it every once nice. in a while. So. Yeah, it's a classic game. All right. All right. Well, so, good list, Ben. Yeah, Ben, excellent That's list. All list. Yep, very, very, very good. All right. So if you're interested in ever having your top 10 list, that's one of our Patreon perks that uh, that you can have your top 10 uh, roasted by us. So yeah, there you go. <laughs> all right. So I, uh, guys, I got to... I think my wife's calling me. I got to go help clean the garage. Got to go clean nope. some more. You don't want to draft? Clean. Well, I want to draft. Time for us I mean, to draft. I, I really love drafting upgraded components, but uh, yeah. Oh, nope. Yeah, you got what? it. You got it. What? You got to draft. Here we go. <sighs> Richie, play that awesome music. So we're ready to draft. Richie, tell us how we draft here at Punchboard Paradise. So at Punchboard Paradise, we like unique lists. That's why we draft, and we're going to do a serpentine draft, which all that means is that if you draft last in the first round, you will draft first in the second round. We are going to roll off to see who sets the order for the board game upgrades draft. I've and never had a more important role Louis in my life. needs this, and I'm sure he's going to roll a zero. Ten. Ten, ten, ten. Ten. Oh, Legitimate ten. <laughs> Richie, you had a nine. That was really close. <laughs> I mean, technically, this is zero. Whatever. <laughs> Don't, it's a ten, and everybody knows it's a ten-sided die. It's not a nine-sided die with a zero. Oh, I will draft first on all that. Chad go second. <laughs> all right. right. Richie go third. <laughs> all right. All right. Oh, boy. Thank goodness. I, 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 I'm going to be able to take it right off the board right away in my number one upgrade for a million and a half games, whether it's an 18XX or City of the Big Shoulders or just any game in the world that uses money. I love my poker chips. So the wonderful ones from, you know, and I'm I'll say in general, you know, poker chips, but the nice, beautiful ones that uh, Roxley made for brass these are just amazing. I've gotten all my extra ones in now from them, so now I can I can play pretty much any game. I even got my uh, beautiful purple 2000 ones. They just Ooh. really look nice, yeah. I love these poker chips. I mean, boy, I'll tell you, pretty much mine are like dirty as can be because I use them every game. I mean, they're just the most amazing thing. Uh, so no, hands down, my number one upgrade, poker chips. That's pretty good. I had that top of my list, too. Solid pick. I, f I figured that would go if you, if you got it first. Oh, there was no question <laughs> in my so. mind. I was taking it. Can I pick Apache poker chips instead of the Roxley ones? Um, you can pick whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think he's just, believe he's just me. happy you got, you yeah. got it picking. Because <laughs> here in a moment, I'm probably going to just be trying to rehash the same things I said. <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, I did the $5 poker chips. Now I'm doing the $10 poker chips. <laughs> What do you got, Chad? All right. Well, for my first pick, I've seen the light. I've come around. I've ordered some. I am getting the 
plastic upgrades for antiquity. Those little things that you stack. The little geek bits. Oh, nice, yeah, nice. The geek bits, yep. yep, from the Board Game Geek store. And I, I would think that, you know, I haven't worn mine enough. The family really likes Quacks of Quedlinburg, but there are, you know, variety of things that they make these for, and you could get them in, in that or Orléans or any of those kind of kind of games. But the geek bits for antiquity are, you're right, they're particularly helpful. So I really enjoy those. So my first pick is those nice little production chits that you have tons of little itty bitty cardboard for in the splatter game antiquity this is better the geek bits yeah. outrageous i i finally punched my copy uh, the other day and it was so it was so nice just to leave them in the sheet and just throw the sheet away nice <laughs> i already, oh, have, I already have my geek you bits. never did that that's amazing yeah. uh, uh, that i mean I will agree. Not all geek bits are necessary, but in that game, not only are they so much nicer to handle, but the colors are so much nicer and easier to tell out on the board. So it's uh, an upgrade that's a functional upgrade besides a nice one, too. So great pick, Chad. Yeah. That. All right. So for my first pick, I'm going to take, and I pretty much talk about this almost every episode. And I went through my games and I have uh, 62 of these, and that is inserts. Wow. Of course, and I think Richie's the only one I've ever known to buy an insert before you actually had the game. So yeah, I do that a lot. So <laughs> <laughs> and I like—I mean, the inserts run the gambit. I have uh, you know some of the broken token ones. I have uh, some of the uh, folded spaces ones. I also have some uh, designed by Ryan at 3D Bitspace, and they're all great. They—they they make life a lot easier. There are some games like Great Western Trail that they don't necessarily need one, but it's nice when you open up the box and everything's nicely organized and it, it looks pretty instead of just having a bunch of bags in there. So I, I have to agree that that's a great pick because um, John Frazier made one for, for uh, Great Western Trail, which is really good. And I love, 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 love my my uh, insert from 3D Bitspace for Fields of Arl. Um, oh, I yeah, that looks that. really good. It does, yeah. Isn't that nice? He prints a little uh, title on each one of them. And then Folded Space I even like, too, because uh, you can put them together, and that's kind of a zen thing for me to do while I'm watching a movie or something like that. So, yeah, good good, good pick with all the inserts. Yeah, obviously I'm not as big of a insert fan as you are, Richie, but I do think there are, like, I would never have one for Great Western Trail. Just totally pointless. But games like grand austria hotel oh it is so nice i have that beautiful one that ryan developed and it's so nice where you just boom plop and like the stuff's right there and you're just ready to go so there's certain games i just think they're they're wonderful and certain games where i mean to me i'm always like if i've still got to pull it out of the insert and still set the whole game up i don't know what the difference is between a baggie and the insert that's my opinion you know obviously richie Yours a little different. Well, I usually leave <laughs> Clef whenever he takes out a tray. He just starts dumping pieces all over the the table. I usually leave my stuff in the table or in the tray on the table. But well, and there are some games like my Fields of Arl one wouldn't sit flush until Ryan made that insert. Oh yeah, and there's so, some that I, it's hard to just get everything back in the I box. I had the expansion, he, so there's some of those that he very carefully measures out, and now it all fits in the box better. Uh, he is right now currently making an insert for. Uh, Dan for Terra Mystica and he's got all that Dan has all the expansions in it and won't fit in the box anymore right obviously he's like making like an extension to make like the box be taller mm. so that he can get everything in there it looks really cool I mean he's he's really going all out on this one too so he's nice, got a lot nice. of great ideas so yeah all right so that's your first pick Rich what do you got pick. for your second my second pick which I think this would have been the other one that you would have chosen uh, 
clef if you would have had the chance and that's metal coins yep that would have been my second pick. yeah <laughs> <laughs> i love metal coins i there's a lot of games I, I mean i have a lot of games where i've just replaced the the coins with metal coins inside the box um, i did eventually just buy a kind of generic set because metal coins are usually more expensive than money um so i i ended up just buying like a generic set of metal coins that i can use for a bunch of different games mm -hmm. uh, but if it's my like one of my favorite games i i will try to have metal coins in the box specifically for that game yeah and i, I love the ones that uh i can i can never remember the the brand that you you have clef but you have those really thick legendary. metal coins but yeah i can't remember the the brand of coin that you have but they're really thick i think they may be legendary or yeah, something I like that they're, i got them at gen con i'm not 100 yeah. percent positive what what the brand was but yeah i've i love those all right so metal coins that's my second pick all right very good nice. pick well, the next one I'm going to go with is is apropos for this episode, since we're using that word. <laughs> uh, but Stonemeyer treasure chest, those things are awesome. And I think once Jamie started print, making some of the components he's made, including especially with Scythe and even some of the stuff with Viticulture, people saw how beautiful his games were and wanted to to bling them out you know and so he's got stuff that fits with zolkin and power grid and any of those generic resources too like agricola or you know anything that uses gold and corn or you know bags of grain all that stuff and some of that stuff is weighted like i had said before in the scythe review and it's beautiful it's great to hold that that tactile feeling that's why we like the poker chips because they're not just light you know that they, they have some weight to them so those stonemeyer treasure chests depending on which games you play regularly can be beautiful to to put into your game so that's my number two pick stonemeyer treasure chest okay i got I got some good news and I got some bad news. Okay. <laughs> the good news is, is everything I still had on, you guys picked every one of the things that I had on my list. Okay. Oh, okay. So, which I mean, I feel okay. Yeah. I'm thinking like you guys are. Uh, and I still have two left on my list. So I'm going to be able to take those two right now. But bad news is, is after that, I ain't got nothing else on my list. So I'm going to have to sit here and figure something out. <laughs> well, I got a few more on my list. I might, I might throw you a bone. Maybe throw me a bone. Okay. Well, I'm going to throw out here. So the, the, my second pick is uh, going to go with um, a gentleman we've talked a little bit about already, Mr. Ryan and his 3D bit space, and that's the 3D bit space trays. These wonderful trays that he has made. That uh, not only do they have these cool, they they have these like cool magnets on them, so you can like stick them together, so they kind of you know you can have them. They don't get in your way as much, you know, because they can be off kind of to the side. But he's also made them where they're like dual, where like it will have a cut down the middle. So if you have smaller bits, you can put two of them there, and even like a triple one where you can put like little bits or whatever. That's really nice if you're having to try to kind of conserve room in the table. And it's also really nice where like you, if you've got a big game, you can put a one on one side that has some of the resources and one on the other so people aren't having to reach all over the place these are just great they're really handy they're really easy to uh transport and he makes them in all different kind of colors i mean they're just they're they're absolutely wonderful and i will that's what i'll use for the rest of my time playing games is i love those 3d bit trays yeah those are great and i and i had resource trays on my on my list here because and i even do some of the like the geek box ones the little plastic ones that go into the actual game stuff like yeah, that yeah absolutely good choice and then my next choice, and right now, like I said, I'm I'm stretching, but this is a nice this is a nice upgrade, and I know for a fact uh, both Richie and Chad have purchased this upgrade, so I, I, they're they're going to have to say good pick on this one, and that is going to be 
bags. I had bags uh, on my list. Okay. Yeah. So, and I, mostly I'm referring to a couple of games that I'm referring to. And one is Great Western Trail. So yep. they had the really nice bags that, you know, you had the one, two, and three on them. So it was a lot easier to, you know, store those and, you know, have them in their spot or whatever. So those are really nice. And then the other one is the Castles of Burgundy uh, bags. Absolutely. Yep. That's yeah. the best bag yep. upgrade by far. Yeah, really nice. So uh, actually, Clans of Caledonia has some nice ones too. That, yes, uh, sure. Yep, know, the, I have those The Geek well. Market did too. So yeah, so. Uh, those are really handy and they're they're nice and they you know i mean if it's not quite an insert you know something if you just you know they're just more functional or whatever and easy yeah, to you can pull stuff out of them and yeah use them as a randomizer for sure well, i right. quite like them for castles so, of burgundy because then you're yeah. not turning over chits you're just grabbing into a bag really quick yep. that yeah. you've already got them stored in and putting them out on the board yeah, yeah it, that's a big pet peeve of mine where there's a games like like castles of burgundy where you have to randomize a ton of chits and they give you nothing to do no, it with. Right. So, yeah. And, and if you're uh, looking for just a random bag with a random design, just buy a queen game and you'll get a nice <laughs> random bag. At least bag. they're giving you a bag. <laughs> you get That's a right. bag. <laughs> you don't know what it's on it, but you'll get a bag. There you go. <laughs> so, yeah. My number three pick then is uh, bags. <laughs> All, right. <laughs> All right. Well, my third pick is something that I get quite a lot of. It's, it's plain. It's not necessarily exciting. Not everybody purchases these, but a lot of people do, and that's card sleeves. So I am going to say, you know, for some games, it's not needed for everything, but for some games where you're shuffling a deck a lot and it's a higher priced game you're going to want to take care of those cards a little bit then you need it you know something like great western trail you shuffle those cards a whole bunch of times and you're going to need it they're handled you know back and forth so i if i'm buying some nice sleeves because i'm worried about the integrity of them i'll buy like an ultra pro matte kind of thing but you know i've bought all different kinds depending on what it, which game i'm buying for so card sleeves are going to be my third pick. That's a it's a good pick because there are certain games I agree that like for me uh, I should have sleeve Skull King, but uh, but like a game like Great Western <laughs> Trail, if I didn't have sleeves on there, those cards would be they'd be worth worse than Skull King. So I, it's a good pick. Now, however, you said. You know, sometimes you like to go higher end or whatever. I only want to buy higher end sleeves. I can't stand those ones that are yeah, the really almost cheap ones flimsy. Are, ooh, the the yeah. uh, Mayfair or whatever. Mm. Forget about those. No way would I well, ever not, use those. I'm not those, talking but. penny sleeves. You know, right, those right, are right, floppy yeah. and I don't like those. I'm, yeah. I'm just saying that some games I'll pay more for an even more premium yeah. sleeve. Yeah, I like to be a little snobbish. I like the really nice ones <laughs> if I'm going to do it. All right. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Richie, what you got? I got one thing left on my list. So. <laughs> no, I was going to give you. I was going to show you the rest of my list after All right, I picked. Well, but, uh, yeah. Um, and my last two are uh, kind of tied together, but uh, the first one I'm going to take are plastic dice. I and the, I know this is unique to me. I didn't even want to talk about the number of, that I've spent as far as money goes on replacing wooden dice with yeah, nice yeah. plastic dice or even sometimes you get crappy plastic dice i'll replace those too right. so it just depends on the game or it, even the time because i know you took a long time to find those lorenzo ones yeah the lorenzo ones were a pain to find yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and i think i ended up ordering those twice like i order had to order from different places but anyways yes i will try to find some nice dice to replace crappy dice or wooden dice anytime I get the chance. And then uh, for my last pick, and this is kind of tied into this, uh, and that is dice trays. I like having a nice dice tray out on the table. And if it's a game, like if I'm playing, you know, like Arcadia Quest or um, even like Mansions of Madness, something where a bunch of people are going to be uh, rolling dice. I like to give people their own individual dice trays. That's partly because Jessica, she always seems to just 
throw her dice across the table. I don't know how she does it every time. It's just <laughs> across the table. Sometimes she'll knock pieces over that are on the board. And so everyone gets their own little personal dice tray that you just get to roll into. So now do you like dice? Do you like the tray or do you like the tower where you like drop them in there or whatever? I've actually, I've started to come around on the tower. I never really cared about it, but I bought a couple of inserts that uh, came with wooden dice towers and I like the, I like the clickety clack. Yeah. Yeah. Going down. So, uh, but I'm talking about dice trays. Usually that's all I buy is dice trays, but yeah, I don't, I don't mind a dice tower every once in a while. Okay, all right. So that is my last pick, dice trays. All right, well, you guys are going to tease me a little bit for this one, but I... Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> I have... I don't like the discs in uh, Agricola or Caverna. I don't, I don't know why. I just... If I'm going to play worker placement, somehow I, I like it to be evocative and I, I want to have like a little worker, whether that's a meeple or whatever it is. I don't care if it's just a simple wooden meeple, but I really like for, for Agricola, I already have those minis that came with it. Now, are they overpriced? Yeah, they probably are. They come with a deck of cards though. And that's pretty much why I bought them. And Stephanie and I play that game a lot. In fact, we got another great game in this weekend, but Caverna, I love there. There's a person I don't even think she makes them on Etsy anymore, but she has made like a little like Fimo or clay dwarves mm. and they I've, are I've seen cool, them. right? Yeah. And they're cool. And, and she's made them so that they stand up and those little shields, you know, when you can give them shields, they hold the shield too. And it's, it's really cool. Now I've seen other people take Legos, little Lego minifigs and make, and make dwarf minifigs. I, I just, I think that that's kind of fun too, but my favorite honestly are these, little clay-ish dwarven figures for Caverna. I just, I really like them. They look nice. They're, the the price is a little outrageous. That's yeah. why I've never done it, and I've just stuck with the disc, but yeah, they do I, look nice. I, I totally understand that, but uh, that would be, that's that's one on my list. So just so I make sure, so I put this down right, I'm putting down clay dwarven meeples. <laughs> is that correct? <laughs> yeah, for Caverna. For Caverna specific. For Caverna. Okay. Right. I just want to make sure when I put the poll up that uh, you know, I got it correct. All right. You. Thanks. What's your last pick? Is it still oh, there? Let me figure it out. It's, it's, I, well, I, honestly, I guess I, I have two that I, I, I could go with, but I'm going to go with this one and this is just going to be, I mean, I'm not winning this draft anyways. I don't care. So I'm just going with what I'm hey, going with. You got a good pick so far. I'm, yeah, you know, all right. But I, I think you got poker so, chips. That's That I could guess win poker a chips. lot. Of, yeah, I mean, big. yeah. I'm going to make sure brass poker chips. I'm going to write that so maybe somebody just sees the word brass, <laughs> brass. and votes yeah, you you know, for brass. But uh, so there was uh, a few months ago when I first started playing Age of Steam because Chad gave me his old copy, right? And I was just playing with those plastic trains that came with it didn't think anything are you about of to it. pick a downgrade yeah he's gonna be <laughs> about downgrade. to pick a downgrade hey, you realize hey, that hey, hey, hey. <laughs> not an upgrade a downgrade hey. it's even listed as a downgrade hey. on the on the site hey this is my list right <laughs> <laughs> my list but as i put pictures of of it um i believe it might have been evan yeah it was, evan. It was evan. evan who basically made fun of me because i was using the trains <laughs> <laughs> so i have since gone to meeple source and I have bought eight different color discs than the actual, like I even got them different colors because the normal ones are the same colors as like the delivery cubes. And sometimes that can be a little bit confusing. So I've got them like different colors. Um, so I've, I've, I've upgraded that. I've also upgraded my, the like the black and white, uh, just normal 
uh, board that has the goods growth and the uh, locomotive and stuff. I've upgraded to the nice um, colored ones that they, that they have that are yep. out there. Uh, so all in all, I've done a lot of upgrading to Age of Steam, and I've I've bought a lot of maps to upgrade the, the expansions. Game. Don't no, count. You can't. You, can't you, talk you were about doing Age fine until you started talking uh, about maps. All right. Well, but in honesty, yes, I have done a lot of upgrading of the components, even if they are downgrading to help out to to play the game. You kind of saved yourself so, by talking about the the upgraded board, but even on meeple like source picks, it is advertised as the age of steam downgrade yeah. kit even okay so listeners evan you gotta help me out here buddy that. evan you gotta help me out <laughs> even though he mentions it not uh, age of steam which is great yeah he's also mentioning a downgrade he's but, definitely mentioning a downgrade yeah all right well we'll see all right hey i got through four okay <laughs> just give me a break here <laughs> left's gonna post a poll on our on our geek guild on board game geek at 3227 go ahead and jump on there and vote as Always, we'll make the loser say something preposterous and defend it. So Woo-hoo. there you go. All right. I can talk about some more tacos. <laughs> 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 to round out this episode, we are going to give you our update to our best of 2019 list. We have not played everything still, but we've played more than we played in December of 2019. So we're going to give you upgraded lists or updated lists because people have asked for it. We'll just go the same order as the draft order and just go round robin again okay well then what we'll do is we'll just uh we'll all do our tens and nines and we'll just roll through it and so if we're gonna do the draft order that's perfect so i'll start off and my number 10 still hanging on to the list um it was well one step higher but it's dropped to number 10 but it's still great game and that's circadian's first light um i haven't played it in a while but i still have a lot of fond memories i still really enjoyed the game i thought it was a solid game and one that uh, still on my shelf, and actually would kind of like to get it back to the table. So I'm gonna I'm gonna throw that in at number ten. That's Circadian's First Light. Nice. Yeah, I play that again. My number ten is The Crew. I I it's not high on my list, but I think that it's been a great little game to take out and do the campaign, and it's a nice it's a nice filler for those of you that say that we don't have fillers on our lists of our favorite games. This is for you guys. I really enjoyed this one, and that's the crew, the cooperative trick taking game we've been talking about. And my number ten is new uh, to my list. I had not played it the last time that we did these lists, and that's Glenmore Two Chronicles. Ooh, nice! And, and after playing some more of the Chronicles, I just really enjoy this game. All right, my number nine is um, a Spielworks game that came out last year that I really enjoy, and that is uh, is Yenzi. Uh, I still really enjoy this game. I mean, it's a very heavy, crunchy Euro game, and it's got some very interesting uh, mechanisms where you know goods. Um, out of the board are no longer yours and other people can grab them and you know it's a very uh, very heavily player interactive game and uh, really really enjoy it and uh, yeah so that's my number nine Yenzi. My number nine is a favorite around here and I still enjoy it and we'll hope to get it to the table here in, in the next week or so and that's City of the Big Shoulders so again this hits I think it hit number nine last time on my list and it's staying solid right there at number nine. All right my number nine uh, Clef already brought up and that was his number 10 that's arcadia first light uh, i picked up a copy after uh, we played it and it is something that like like you said i want to get back to the table yeah definitely an enjoyable game all right solid all right my number eight is going to be uh the newest lacerta game 
um, and that is On Mars. So that's uh, definitely um, a, a solid game. I, honestly, I since we've reviewed it, I haven't played it since. So, I mean, it might go a little higher eventually if I play it some more. But at this moment, I just, I just haven't had enough plays. But I still think it's a solid game. And, uh, yeah, I really enjoy it. So that's uh, On Mars. My number eight is... The game that I've played almost almost the most, I guess <laughs> close to it, if you count my solo plays, I've played it the most, and that's uh, Marvel Champions. I still really like this. I think that this is Fantasy Flight's best implementation of this sort of game that they've done. It's nice and streamlined, and uh, so I give Marvel Champions my number eight spot. And we got a crossover. Uh, exact number and that was on mars for me as well at my number eight not not marvel champions that that wasn't no, the, I, the same I number okay. richie hasn't even played, played it yet yeah. i haven't slagged your list yet but it's coming <laughs> marvel champions over city of the big shoulders Have you played okay it? Have you played it? <laughs> <laughs> yes i've played city of the big shoulders all right uh my number seven um this is actually a game that's dropped a little bit since uh since i've last done this list and i'm not a hundred percent positive on why um for me it doesn't have anything to do with the components uh my my copy came just fine i know a lot of people's came broken but i just think that the actual setup of the game and just kind of the the time it takes is, has kind of dropped this one down a little bit for me and that's barrage um i still think it's a very very solid game i still I mean still in my top 10 for the year i i really enjoy it um you know i i I think I like some of uh, Luciani's other games a little bit better, but uh, still a high rated game for me. And that's uh, number seven is Barrage. My number seven is Capstone and Ryan Courtney's Pipeline. I love the tightness of this game. I I really want to get it back to the table. I'm waiting to see those expansions as well and how that changes up the game. I even like the variant that Ryan and Tim have come up with for how to play with different uh, var varying skill levels of players where you can kind of change uh, the oil for different for different players. I had no idea about this. Yeah, they kind of they talked about it on the on the on the board game geek thread i think where basically um in order to upgrade it takes you more than it might take somebody else if you're more experienced hmm. oh interesting which is really cool yeah. well like we just said earlier in the episode when we were going over ben's list we need to get this back to the table because that is also my number seven which yeah. is pipeline crossover all right uh my number six is one Euro game that I actually really enjoy at a higher player count. I love it at four or five. I think it just plays really well. It's very interesting, really uh, good looking game too. And that is Crystal Palace. Uh, just I feel like a really solid game. I've always enjoyed this one a lot. So yeah, number six is Crystal Palace. That's a good pick. Um, I My next is one of my two player favorites from last year. It, it's still solidly in the middle of my list, and that is Watergate. I really like this back and forth, quick two player game. Well, this is going to be a, uh, my number six is also a capstone game, and that is, oh, you're about, it looked like you were about to guess there, Clef, for a second. Oh, oh sure. Uh, Cooper Island. Yes, it is Cooper Island. Yeah, that's what I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have to guess. I know you like the back of my hand. <laughs> All right, well, um, hey, my number five is a Capstone game. We really should be like sponsored by Capstone games as much as we talk about them. 
Uh, yeah. It's a good idea. Yeah, it's a really good idea. Um, my number five, uh, I have this just a little bit higher than both of you guys. And as we just talked about, would like to get it back to the table some more. But great game. Number five is Pipeline by Ryan Courtney. Love this game. My number five is a capstone game, and it's right along with Richie. It's Cooper Island. I, I hadn't played this, so this is new to the list. It's, again, solidly in the middle, but I really like this game. I love the way it plays. At two-player, it's really tight and quick, you know, 60 minutes maybe. It is something that I, I have in no way mastered, but it it is a fun game. And the solo deck, if you can find it anywhere, is actually a fun way to play too if you're into solo games. And there's some new boats. As yeah. well, that you can pick up. I heard about yep. that. Yep. All right, my number five is uh, my favorite Kickstarter of the year, and that was Agizia Shifting Sands. It definitely, uh, the the changes that they made improved the game greatly. And like I said, it is my number five. Mm. I really thought about this one. It didn't make my list, but that's a good pick. It is a good pick. I don't think I actually considered it because obviously, I mean, it is still Agizia, which I had played you know many times before 2019. But uh, no, I, th- I think solid pick for for the game. I think it's a fair pick though because there's so many different changes I, to the game. Hundred percent. I would say it's a fair pick. I just didn't consider it myself sure. simply because of that. But yeah, uh, my number four um, is probably still going to be uh, hot. Well, it's definitely going to be higher on. Both of these other guys' list. Uh, something I really enjoyed. I just haven't gotten to play it for a while because, for one thing, I don't have a copy of it. I've kickstarted it. Can't wait to get it uh, when it comes in. And that's PAX Premier Second Edition. Uh, probably the most unique game that I played um, in, for quite a while. You know, that's just different than my normal uh, type of game. And I really enjoy it and look forward to playing it more. And so, uh, PAX Premier Second Edition is my number four. My number four is a great game. A great game, but the top of this list, it gets super tight. So I'm going to go with Mark Hybo, and that's another another uh, capstone game. But, I, I, man, it's it's really great, and it's up there with Great Western Trail for me as one of his one of his best works. I really enjoy it. Mark Hybo, my number four. My number four, I finally got to play with uh, Jessica and uh, her family, which that's usually who I play my trick-taking games with, and that is the crew, uh, which I think both of you have already mentioned, right? Uh, uh, Clef has not mentioned it. It did not make my top 10. I mean, it's a solid game, but I mean, it's good. I do want to say, by the way, because I listened to our episode to try to remind myself what my picks were that would be new. Uh, I just listened to it today. And... I talked. We talked about games that we had not played yet and were interested in. And I named the crew. And Clef was like, uh, "Cooperative trick taking." Okay, thanks. Moving on. That's awful. <laughs> well, I thought like, that before I played, played it. it. <laughs> <laughs> and then he raves about it later. Yeah, you know, I've cooled on it a little bit. You know, it's it's gotten a little samey, but it's it's fine. This goes the way it's of a, skulking. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> All right, number three. What do you got, Clef? Uh, my number three, mentioned by both of you guys already, I think just, just a little bit higher for me, and that's Cooper Island. Uh, I really love the puzzle of this game. Um, it just really has a lot of great things going for it. I, I really, really enjoy it. Look forward to definitely more plays of it. So, yeah, my number three, Cooper Island. My number three has already been mentioned, but, man, I this just moves up the list of games that I love of his every time I play it. On Mars, I do I really starting to like this game. And what I what I like about it is how you can control the pace of the game a little bit. And then of course the interaction and the way that things interact in this game on Mars is is really moving atop my favorite Lacertas right now. And uh it's moving to the top of the pack. So that's why it makes my number three on Mars. All right, my number three was uh just mentioned by Chad not too long ago, and that's Mari Kaibo. And that is one where I I'm real close to pulling the trigger on the metal coins. Oh, Real yeah. Real close. They're yeah. super expensive, but I might just do it. 
Uh, but yeah, Mario Kaibo, we reviewed it. We all love it. So, my number two, and I, this <laughs> this is where sometimes, you know, Clef's brain is weird, all right, and, and has some weird thoughts, because we obviously did our top games of all time here not too long ago. You guys remember when we did that? Yeah. yeah I'm and trying do you to remember what my what number, would be his new number one, number one. Now, though? His, I know what his new number one was. Oh, I guess I'm not. Okay, never mind. I'm, I'm thinking. Go ahead. Yeah. Oh, okay. Go ahead. So, and yet when we did our top ten of 2019, uh, a different game was was number one. Yes. Right. So, obviously, would think well, you've got to have the number one of all time be the number one of 2019. Right. But for some reason, my brain has said no because. <laughs> That is the best game of 2019. It's just the best game overall. Yeah, I don't know why anybody listens to me at all. But anyways, <laughs> my number two for 2019 is Mari Kaibo. Oh, my God. My number, That's my number two of 2019. <laughs> it's just and my number one of all, of all time. time. <laughs> oh, my God. Which hey, I, would, uh, I would argue. Are you going to argue with me? No, 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 no. Oh, damn it. No, you're wrong. <laughs> I, would, I would argue that if we redid our top games of all time, that I don't know if Mario Kai would be number no, one. No, it wouldn't probably even make uh, that. Well, yeah, but I mean, so anyways. <laughs> See, look at that. Hey, look at that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways. Talky talk talk. My number two, <laughs> an amazing game. If you have not had a chance to play Mario Kaibo, you- Don't come over to Clefs, because <laughs> you won't play that. <laughs> no, I just played it just the other day. I played it just maybe less than a week ago. They don't even. Sooner uh, than you played if, the Hey, believe one? me, the Age of Steam thing will eventually evaporate some point. Let's talk maybe. about this for a second. What, Sooner what? than you played number one? Uh, yes. Sooner since I've played number one. Yes. Yeah, okay. hey, but I have been asking people to play my number one for a while now. And just the right, you got to have the right player count. Obviously, people got to be, you know, it's, it's one of those games. It's not always easy to get to the table. So I have been wanting to play it. Oh, just soon you'll be able to play it on Board Game Arena. So, yeah, yes, Once which I'm really looking forward to. Yeah. So anyways, but we're still talking about number two, <laughs> Maracaibo, an amazing game. Chad, what's your number two? My number two is Barrage, and it's sad that the production issues have soured people so much on the company. I totally understand it. My my version of the game has come okay, and that might have soured it if if I had stuff that made it nigh unplayable. But what I am focused on is the system, and I am excited. I'm hoping against hope that Cranial Creations puts out more maps for it and more variations to it because it really is a system like Power Grid could be, Ooh, be a system. I like that and idea. I, I do want, like that idea. I want to see that. I, I think that there can be some really interesting wrinkles to this game, and I, uh, man, I still really, I still really like this game a lot. Yeah, it's a good pick. Good pick. My number two is City of the Big Shoulders, and that is the game that will be once it's out of beta. I think it's in beta right now. It will be on Board Game Arena, which oh. I'm, I'm really I'm excited. About, I'll start about. up about ten games yeah. when it comes out. That's for sure. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. Uh, so to finish it off, my number one, uh, no question about it. You know, City of the Big Shoulders. It just is a game that just captured me so much in 2019 and just uh, has brought me into a new whole new genre of games. And I mean, that's maybe why I think it's my number one of that year, just because of how it changed me as a gamer. Where Mario Kaibo is a great, solid Alexander Fister type of game, but it's uh, similar to what I've played for a long time. And I think that's why... I choose City as my number one as just an amazing game. Richie, can you put a whole new world to the background while he's, <laughs> while he's doing that? Can I was about to say, I, now that you've explained it that Ooh, way, yes. I'll, I'll give it Do to I you. Get, you're on my side. Even though it doesn't matter because it's not as Poppy number God. one of all time. So, is what I well, yeah. Well, when we redo our top... <laughs> when do we do that? How long did we even do our other ones? I don't remember. 
I don't all, know. all phased. Together. It was right around the same time that we did this. So oh, so yep. we still got to yeah. wait. Yep. We probably yeah, got about got six months yeah, probably before least. we before we redo it. Yeah. But okay. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, all right. my number one is and and Clef for the fifth game night in a row. I brought it again. So if you really want to play it, that's what we could talk about. But Pax Premier Second Edition. Talk about bringing you into a whole new world of games. Only Pax Premier Second Edition could make me want to check out the other Pax Pax. Porfiriana and and Pax Transhumanity and some of those really kind of a little bit convoluted games uh, can you know Pax Premiers just sent me over the top and and made me that was my entryway into the Pax games and as problematic as they are and uh, giving Phil Eklund my money gives me pause sometimes I will say that uh, that yeah it's. It does it. I'm so glad that Cole streamlined this, brought this to an audience that could that could really dig in and find the beauty of the pack system. I love this game. It this and Barrage are just head and shoulders above all the others for me. Uh Pax Premier, my number one. And that is also my number one as well. And I, I've gone out and I've bought it, it definitely did its job where it got me interested in other PAX games but I cannot lie that I, I just come back to PAX Premier it's uh, Cole did a fantastic job streamlining, streamlining it and I, I like the changes that were made and it, you can actually read the rule book without you know <laughs> without being confused or throwing up in your mouth a little yes, bit yeah. yes exactly so uh, PAX Premier my number one alright so there we go there is our revamp now was there? I know there was a couple of games that I thought might have been able to make my list, but then after I played them, you know, didn't uh, didn't quite make it uh, for me. The Magnificent, um, it was good. It was solid. It just was a run of the mill basic Euro game that just you know uh, for the designers that I was really excited because they did Santa Maria, which is you know one of my favorite of all time. But it didn't quite hit for me. Um, I know I taught you guys that game, and I think you guys yeah. all kind of felt the same way that it was just. It I was just, just thought it was. Yeah. It, I mean, it was okay. there was nothing that stood out. Right. Terramara yeah. was another one that we played that I was hoping. You know, it was interactive in some ways, but I was hoping it was going to do something just a little bit more to set it apart. And yeah, it just, wasn't bad. It just yeah. Once again, it was it was it was good. But in today's world, it's, it's got to be great. Yeah. You yeah. know, and that's that's it's the tough. difference now. Yeah. And like I said, with this top with this top five or six that I've got here on my list, like that's a top five or six that I could say, you know, that could be my list, you know? I mean, it doesn't have to be the year 2019. It's right. It was a really mm-hmm. strong year. I felt like, yeah, no, I totally agree with you. This was a, was a very, very strong year. Um, I, I think we, we all agree with that. Now, one question I did have for you guys, did anybody change their mind on the most disappointing game being black angel? No, definitely. Black angel was my, yeah, that was my biggest disappointment for sure. Yeah, I have to agree with that. Um, I didn't, I didn't play some of the other games that I thought that I might not enjoy. I'd still like to play Alubari, you know, and some of those. But uh, you yeah. know, but but yeah, that that far and away was just. I mean, it was partly Ian's fault. You know, Ian, <laughs> he made it, so Ian made it look so great. He <laughs> sold it so, so well, and then you know, um, I, I got one that I would, I mean, kind of add, which is Lestanza. I wasn't. Looking when I saw the theme of walking around a room, looking at pictures or whatever the theme is, I wasn't excited for the game. Yeah, anyway, if you look back at that Kickstarter corner, uh, Richie and I were talking about you know pictures of Gary Busey on the wall. Yeah, and stuff yeah. Like that. <laughs> but still, for 
the design pedigree right. of Nuno right, and Paulo, right, right, right. that was a pretty big disappointment in how that yeah. game was. I mean, I was I was a little bummed on that. Unfortunately, so. that one died a quick death. Yeah. But I think there's still only just one more game that I like still really have wanted to play from 2019 that I haven't gotten to yet, and that's Marco Polo Two. Oh yeah, that's yeah, the that's only one I, I want to play it. See. The only thing about that is I I'm pretty sure I'm gonna like it. It's just sure. it, right. it's basically just a variant. Yeah, yeah it exactly. feels like a variant. Almost so an expansion yeah. in a way. Yep, yep, hundred percent. That wraps up our revision lists of 2019 and some creative shuffling around by some of us. You can look forward to our next episode focusing on a review of the monolithic Ooh. capstone. Ooh piece of pantheon gaming Whoa. that is Carl Heinz Schmidt's Demacher. Oh, German politics at its best. That's right. <laughs> for now, Punch Bunch, thank you for listening. Everybody have a good night. Thanks for listening. Punchboard Paradise would like to thank our loyal listeners as well as the publishers and designers that have provided review copies. You can find us at punchboardparadise at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at Punchboarders. We are on Instagram at Punchboard Paradise and Facebook at Punchboard Paradise. Play that funky music, white boy. Where'd you put that?